Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of CrossCast. I'm your host, Chad Barlow. Thanks for listening. CrossCast is a conversational style podcast where I interview people and we talk about how to be disciples and make disciples of Jesus Christ for the glory of God and the joy of his people. Have a special treat for you today. We have Pastor Aaron on from our church, the Crossing Church. What's up, Aaron? How you doing? Great. Special treat. Special treat. I'm a special treat, huh? You you are a special treat. It is Halloween coming up. Reformation so sure, Day, you mean. Reformation Day. <laughs> so make sure you go out and buy the big candy bars for the kids that come. Amen. Don't skimp on them little little things. Give them the big, the big bars, baby. Okay, I know what house I'm coming to then <laughs> with Zeke and Callie. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it is a special treat just to have you on. I have had a few comments that it's it's great, and we want to hear from Aaron more. Not that the other guests that people haven't liked, they've been I've been getting good feedback on the podcast. But well, that's good. I have my wife text that in. So oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh, good one. Um, but also a special treat because we're kind of going to get to hear a sermon today, as I understand it. So Aaron and I had have a few actually um, episodes. What do you call it? Uh, it? What's it in baseball when you're up next? Uh, on deck. On deck. We had. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. We had a few episodes on deck. Yep. And then Aaron was like, "You know what, man." We're going to change the order up a little bit, and I want to, I want to talk about Psalm 77, and yep. basically, you know, it's going to feel like a sermon, so that's, so that's why it's a special treat. So why, what, what's the genesis of this? Why did you feel like we needed to, to pause some of the episodes we had planned and, and go into to God's Word? Yeah, I think, uh, one, I love that you had the, this is your brainchild to do the podcast. We've, we talked about it, but you actually got it done, so thank you for that. Just using your gifts to bless the body, but I think also in the, in the eyes we're we're talking about a lot of different topics and stuff. But I think it's also good just to hey, let's just go through a chapter of the Bible. Let's just let's just you know, God's word we believe is active and true and it transforms us. And so it's great to have uh, guests on and we talk about different topics and we do add scripture in the Bible in there. Mm-hmm. But I thought it'd be cool just every now and then just to hey, let's go through a Psalm, let's go through a chapter in Ephesians or whatnot. Um, but so that's, that's one reason, but the other reason why <clears throat> there's a verse in, in, in Psalm 77, I think it's verse four where it says, you hold my eyelids open. And, um, a couple weeks ago, there were a couple nights where I couldn't sleep. And this is what this passage is talking about. And we'll touch base on this. It's like where my eyes were just open. You ever had that, that time where you, you just got so much on your mind that you cannot sleep yep. and your eyes were open. And immediately I just thought of Psalm 77. And then the, and the kind of the title of this song is in the day of trouble. And there was a lot going on, a lot of, a lot of stuff that I was dealing with and with personal life and church and, you know, some trials and just trying to figure stuff out. Man, I just couldn't sleep. And so my mind immediately thought to Psalm 77. I was wondering, like, how many other people in the crossing right now can't sleep? Their eyes are wide open because of the the situation in which we find ourselves with with COVID and with the election. And then here in northern Colorado, we got we got everything burning to the ground. You know, yeah, it's like the fires. Crazy. Yeah, it's, an, it's insanity. Yeah. Right. And so. um so, and there's just a lot of life living in a Genesis three world, you know, it's just, it's just a, it's just tough sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so with all that coming to, uh, together, I thought, man, let's just maybe go through Psalm 77. And, and so when I came in the, the morning when we were talking about doing it, uh, I said, Hey Chad, why don't we think about doing Psalm 77? And you said, 
Psalm 77 was my reading this morning. Yeah. It was crazy. God's providence. Yeah. Like, that wasn't a coincidence. No. And so I think, I think, well, was, you know, the Lord lined up those stars, and so let's just walk through it. It's not going to be a real in-depth study, but it's just like we're going to walk through some passages, talk about some things, and, um, yeah, see Sounds what the good. Lord does. Cool. Yeah. So you want me to read it? Yeah, read Psalm 77. Okay, here it is, everyone. Ho- hopefully, you know, if, if you're like me, you're listening to this podcast on a commute or while you mow the lawn or clean. So if you can't open your Bibles with us, that is fine. But if you can, please do. Psalm 77, here we go. Verse 1. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in his anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water, the skies gave forth thunder, your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind, your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook, your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Yeah. It's a great song. Yeah, it is a really, really good one. I mean, you can you can just you can just feel the tension in, in verses one through nine. You have this this individual Asaph just just groaning and moaning, just overwhelmed with the trials of the situation in life, and we don't know what it is. We just, which I think is good, because it just gives us a general view. It's like, mm-hmm. man, it could be anything. It could yeah. be a physical trial, it could be an emotional trial, it could be a financial trial, it could be an intellectual trial. I and mean, there's a bunch of things that could be going on, and I, I just wonder how many of, uh, of those who are listening right now are there. Mm-hmm are in a spot like Asaph, the guy who wrote this, um, this psalm, or, or have you been there? And that's just kind of the, the Lord's goodness. Some of us are there right now. We're in a deep valley, and we feel, we feel exactly how Asaph is describing himself here. Um, and then we also, there's also the others that are on green pastures, that things are going really well in their life right now, mm-hmm. and amen to that. Yeah. But we also know that 
we live in a Genesis three world and that could, that could change on a, on a dime where you could be in the trial and the guy in the trial could now be on green pastures because that's just the goodness of the Lord. We know that sometimes the Lord leads us from one green pasture down a valley to get us to a better green pasture. Mm -hmm. And so that's just, that's just part of life. And, um, I think this Psalm, uh, again, one through nine has this guy's angst and, and trouble heart. And then he turns his eyes, he gets his eyes off himself and off his situation and onto the Lord and things change. Mm -hmm. And I just look back on my, you know, I'll be 49 here in a, in a, in a couple months. Well, in December. So yeah, I, I thought you said 50, you just 49. Well, no, You're I'm not almost there. I round up, man. Not a 50 burger up. yet, man. Oh, man. You know, round up. Give yourself a year. No, Take I love it. it. I, 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 no, I'm not scared of 50. Let's go. I love getting <laughs> old. Let's go. I love it every season. But anyways, but that second half, he gets his eyes on the Lord. And, I, and, and, and as I looked over my life, I mean, that's just it. There have been times where I've been in the tank like Asaph and I've been moaning and, and moping and my eyes have been wide open and I have no, no, no idea what to do. Mm -hmm. um, I've even cried out to the Lord, as we'll see here, and, and it seems like God is silent. And yet when I just continue to persevere in prayer and seeking the Lord, he shows up and he shows up in a big way. So that's kind of what I want to touch base on. And the one thing about the Psalms and people in this situation, I love how one <clears throat> talks about the Psalms. It said, he says this, much of Scripture speaks to us, but the Psalms speak for us. Mm. And I think that's really good because it gets down to the, to the nitty-gritty of life, the grittiness of life, and, yeah. and, and how hard it can be sometimes. It's very honest. That's what I love about the Scripture and the Bible. It's yes. very honest. It speaks to our roller coaster life that we all live yeah. in every facet. And so, um, yeah, I think Psalm 77, let's just, let's just dive in to this and just kind of go kind of line by line, verse by verse, but okay. just walk through it. Again, Asaph is the author, and um, he was kind of uh, David's uh, uh, musician, chief musician. So uh -huh. he, was a, he was the head lead worship leader for uh, King David, right? Cool. And he wrote a lot of psalms. Uh, he wrote at least 12. So he's put more, more ink in Scripture than guys like Peter uh, and uh, James, which is pretty impressive Whoa, yeah. thing. So this guy has a lot to say. The Lord has used this guy um, to really speak and all of them were in the Psalms. He wrote Psalm 50, 73 through 83. So pretty cool deal. Pretty yeah. cool deal. And so um, Psalm 77, 1, I mean, just look how he starts out. Uh, again, no, just listen to the honesty and the, the emotion behind it. He said, I cried aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. I mean, you just hear this, and he's just like, well, I pray to the Lord. No, he cried out. Cry yeah. out is another word for, for prayer. And he cried out aloud. And we see that word repeated twice. So this is not a, some quiet prayer. This is a guy that's like screaming or crying out loudly to the Lord as he's, you know, uh, in bed or whatnot. Yeah, he's distraught. He's distraught. Yeah. Right? He, yeah. He's in a place where there's no, the only thing that he can do is, is to cry out to the Lord. Yeah. So it's more than a somber prayer, but it's a, it's a cry of pain. You can feel the emotion behind it. He's feeling the trouble in his soul, and it's gripped his heart. And he's like, man, I, I'm, I'm crying out to the Lord. We see in verse 2, uh, it doesn't get any better when he cries out. And in fact, you'll see this trajectory. It actually, as he's crying out, it, he even gets worse. He goes into more of a deeper spiral. He says, in the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord, or I seek the Lord in the night. That's what we talk about in night, in bed. My hand is stretched out with wearying. My soul my soul refuses to be comforted. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. He's crying out, but he's like, he's not getting anything. So his, his soul is like fighting the temptation to even to be comforted. And he says, when I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. So right now he's trying to pursue the Lord and thinking, and all he's getting is moaning. Yeah. Fainting. Yeah. My soul is like 
in, in confrontation with the Lord. It's a crazy spot to be. Yeah. This is open and honest. You know, uh, you don't hear too many people talking like this in today's day and age because people would probably rebuke you like, well, what are you doing? Yeah. But this is real life. And so there's, there's, there's times to be able to be like, man, I've, I've been seeking the Lord and I'm hearing nothing. Yeah. In fact, my soul moans. And, and that, that word moan there is used in other places of Scripture and, and it has the, uh, the idea of a dog howling because he's been in pain or feeling the pain. Oh, man. Is there anything sadder than a dog howling? No. A hurt dog? I no. mean, think about that. So you're getting, you're getting the idea of where this guy uh, is at. He's crying out, and his heart response is, I'm, I'm rejecting to be comforted right and now. And honestly, I was going to say, like, you know, I'd say uh, I've struggled with depression on and off my whole life, mm-hmm. and you get in this state where you don't really want to be comforted, yeah. which is a really dark, sad place where yes. it's like, I know the Lord could probably get me out of this, but I just kind of want to stay here because I'm yeah. just so upset. Mm-hmm. That's a tough spot to yeah. be. Yeah. And I would I would even submit that that probably every Christian has been there. Yeah. And some of you guys might be in there right now. Yeah. You might be f- exactly here. Um, and this is like you said, it's a dark place. Yeah. But as we continue to go, um, we see that there's hope. But it keeps getting worse in verses four through nine. He says he can't sleep. Verse four. That's why I re- referenced earlier what was happened to me a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. That you hold my eyelids open and I, I can't even speak. I'm, I'm you know I'm troubled that I cannot speak. <laughs> I mean, again, we've all been there. It's like, man, I, I was just laying in bed. I don't know what to say in my eyes. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep, you know, just because of the overwhelm of the, of the trouble. And again, Asaph is just tries to remember the Lord and makes a diligent search in verse 6. And the answer that pops into his mind are, are questions. The questions are, does the Lord love him? Is the Lord around? How's it go with your steadfast love? Uh, Will the Lord spurn, spurn forever and never again never? be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are yeah. his promises at an end? Has he forgotten to be gracious? I mean, holy has he, cow. Has his anger shut up his compassion? Right. <laughs> oh, I mean, who has been there? We've all been there. Yeah. And those words, it's like, oh, God's just left me forever. I mean, again, look at the words that he's using. The, uh, it's just, just this deep, dark place. And he's like... Where is the Lord? Has he forgotten me? Now, of course, we know the answer is, of course not. The Lord never forgets us. If mm-hmm. we're in him, He's a, we're his children, and nothing can separate us from the love of God. But there are times where uh, life can be so difficult and hard, and things are happening, we, don't have, we, we just can't understand them, that we feel like, man, Lord, where are you? Yeah. Right? And we see that throughout. I mean, you see the great men and women of faith, they have these same questions throughout, from Genesis through Revelation. You see people uh, go into the tank. And so... I love what uh, Charles Spurgeon said a little bit about this. Um, Charles Spurgeon, we know, is one of the great pastors, preachers of our time. And this is what he said about Psalm 77, 1 through 9. He said, some of us know what it is, both physically and spiritually, to be compelled to use these words. No respite has been afforded us by the silence of the night. Our bed has been a rack to us. Our body and mind have been in torment and our spirits in anguish. Mm. I mean, again, just again, just just great. I mean, like our bed is almost like our torture chamber. Torture, right? yeah, that's we're what just I thought. Torture. We're just getting tortured. <laughs> it's a rack to us, and our yeah. body and mind. It's a constant. It's a constant torment. And so, I think when we see these first, you know, nine verses, I think we can all relate. And I think one thing I want to say is like, it's okay if you're here, yeah. you know, and you see the life is just just coming down. I mean, we have some in, uh, individuals that are dealing with some crazy stuff in the body right now. And, um, man, they're, they're here, 
you know, and, 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 and they need some, they need some, they need some care and some comfort, but cause this is where they're at. Yeah. And, um, I think there's a couple things that we can learn. Sometimes I think one thing we learn is, is here is that sometimes when we think about the Lord in times of trouble, it doesn't automatically get better. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think sometimes the Lord allows it to get even worse. Yeah. So that he can pull us out even that much more, and we can see our need and our dependence on him. I mean, we've just been going through uh, uh, the Exodus story, and we saw that Moses got called by the Lord to go free his, you know, his people from Egypt. Right? Yeah. After forty years of training in the desert, Moses says, uh, "The Lord says, all right, Moses, you're my man. Let's go back. This is what's going to happen. It's actually going to get worse because <laughs> Pharaoh's not going to listen to you." And he goes back, and and at first, when Moses says, "Here I am, we're going to free," and they're like, "Yes." And then, you know, they go to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh does what? He doesn't let him go at the first time. He says, you know, hey, Moses, ask him nicely to let him go. He's like, no. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm going to make it harder on you guys. Yeah. And it actually gets worse. Yeah. And you see the people just start to, you know, get angry at Moses. What have you come to do? You know, you made it worse for us. And so sometimes that happens in, in life. Um, you can even think of King David. You know, he gets this call. Uh, but sometimes things get worse before they get better in his life. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the first things that we can see is that that sometimes when we think about the Lord in the midst of trial and we seek Him, sometimes it, it, it might, there might not be immediate effect of the Lord coming in and saving the day. Yeah. Sometimes it's going to take some while. I, mean, I know we live in a fast food society, hmm. and we can get everything now you know, by the click of a button. I mean, we can get our food ordered to us at our house now. We don't even have to get in the car to go to it, <laughs> right? I mean, and it gets yeah. delivered to us. Yeah. And so I think this is just a good principle. Now, is the Lord there? Absolutely. Does yeah. He care for us? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, is He is He walking and guiding us through this place right now? Absolutely. Even though we can't see it, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. He is there. Yeah. Uh, and we know that He's doing this for a purpose. That's where my mind went, if I can interrupt you really quick. Yeah, yeah. In, in the second half of verse 1, it's, he says he'll cry aloud to God, and he will hear me. Yep. And I instantly thought, what a comfort that is, mm-hmm. but how we can actually wish, well, what I really want, though, is an answer on yep. my timing. Yes. Kind of like you're getting at. It's like, we can trust that God will hear us every time we cry out, but That's the right. answer, the yes. deliverance, is going to come on his timing and not ours. Great point. Great point. And the one thing about God's timing is he, he is always on time. Yeah, amen. He is always on time. And just like you point out, we want that immediate answer. And uh, we want to be it right now. Sometimes we're early. Sometimes we, we want, you know, we're late. But God is never early or late. He's always right on time with his answers. Yeah. And you just see that throughout Scripture. And, in fact, I, you see that throughout your my own life, too, yeah. where he's been on time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a great thing. But we see that. We see these pronouns where the this Asaph is just focused on himself and everything is just looking at him and he's describing his situation. And then we see a transition in verse ten, uh, and it's a it's a great great transition. In fact, before we get there, one other thing I want to uh, uh, point out that I think we can learn from this. I think is really really good. It's like I think we can learn and accept that genuine faith does coexist with doubt. Totally. And, and think about it. It wouldn't be faith if there wasn't any doubt, right? Mm-hmm. If it was 100% sure of what was going to happen, it doesn't take faith. Right. Because faith innately has an element of doubt in it because you don't know what's going to happen, but you still take a step out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge, uh, a yeah, huge point that I think big. we tend to forget is that, that sometimes, you know, uh, doubt is real. And doubt can be um, um, debilitating. 
when we just meditate on the doubt and we look at our circumstances. But genuine faith will overcome that. And I love Mark chapter 9, verse 23, where, where we have this thing, if you can, this guy asked Jesus if he can, uh, I believe, heal his, heal his daughter. Um, I believe it's a centurion here, his do- heal, heal his daughter. Uh, if you can, he says, can you do it? And Jesus says, if you can, all things are possible for those who believe. And then the guy says, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. Yeah, oh, man. I and that's that. That, it's, that, it's that wrestle with faith and doubt, faith and doubt in the midst of a, of a difficult situation. And again, it's not faith if it's 100% sure of what's going to happen. Now, God working everything out for our good is 100% sure it's going to happen. Yeah. But he still uses uh, our emotions and our faith and our will to, to believe that he can do it. Yeah. And that's what helps us take that step in faith. In fact, you are going to pre- preach on Exodus chapter 14, 14 this week, right? Yeah. The Red Sea. And it takes a little bit of faith, I think, for Moses. They're, they're there before the Red Sea, and God says, oh, you're going through the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little doubt, I'm sure, in Moses' mind, right, in that, yeah. for him to take that step or put that staff in there for the Red Sea to part. Yep. You know, but his faith, because of God's consistent 100% guarantee of answering uh, prayers in a crazy way, so of course, this was an amazing way. It would have been awesome to be there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wish I was preaching it, but you, I gave it to you. I'm <laughs> gave nice it to guy. me. You're such a nice guy. Thank you. But think about it. I mean, it, it took Moses' faith to to step and and overcome his doubt. Yeah. Because no one in history stepped or put a staff in the water and the sea parted, and two two to three million people walked through uh, the sea yeah. on dry land. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. But again, and probably faith even and doubt. as they're taking steps through, oh. they're looking left and right and seeing a wall of sea on each side, yeah. and they're like. God, you're going to keep it there as a oh, wall, yeah. right? Until we get through, right? Yeah. I mean, I, that, I mean, if I was there, that's what I'd be. Dude, if I was there, <laughs> I, I, I wonder what I would do. I, I'd probably be like, dude, I would get as close. I'd be on the right or the left as I could because I'd be up to against the, in the in the water and putting my hand in and out of that. On a, you know, trying to, <laughs> trying to catch just, fish just trying with your hand or something. Fish or something. You know, what was that going to be like? I don't know. I don't know. I just I think that'd be cool. But anyways, I think I think I just I, I think that's just another great point. That yeah, that's really that, good. You're not a, a bad Christian if you if you struggle with doubt, yeah. Because doubt is a part of the Christian faith, and in fact, it, doubt is a part of faith. Faith helps us overcome doubt, and it wouldn't be true faith if it if it was 100 percent sure. Mm-hmm. So, I think that I think That's that would really just good. be good. And really, he actually appeals in the second half of the letter to the Exodus account of what we just talked about. Um, some talk about the Exodus account in the, in the Red Sea, and some also maybe talk about when they get to Mount Sinai, there's those kind of ending verses. Mm-hmm. But again, we see this transition from Asaph taking his eyes off of his, his, um, his situation and really purposely focusing on the Lord. In verse, um, in verse 10, we see that. In verse 10, it says, Then I said, so he's starting to talk to himself. Mm-hmm. I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old, and I will ponder all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. And I think this is just a great principle. A great principle is to get our, get our, get our minds off of ourselves because we can't, we can't, train, we can't really control much, mm-hmm. right? I mean, when you think about what you and I can control in our lives, we can control our attitude. We can control our effort, and we can control our concentration or commitment. Mm-hmm. That's about all we can control. 
Everything else is just like, I got, I got no control over what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. I have no control over what you're going to do or what the president's going to do or what some other country is going to do or, or what kind of lightning bolt is going to strike in the woods and start a fire mm-hmm. or someone going camping and not putting out it. I mean, I have no, no control over all that mm-hmm. stuff. I have only control over very small things. And so what he does is he turns his attention to the one that has control over everyone Amen. and over everything. Yeah. The one who is sovereign. <laughs> The one who is working this world, every molecule, molecule to its desired end, to his desired end. Mm-hmm. And we know his desired end is good and it's righteous. And so this is what I love is like he, he really forces himself to appeal uh, to the right hand of the Most High. Um, and I just love these words. Uh, he says, I will. I mean, so there's, a, there's an, an intentionality. He says, I will appeal. I will remember. I will remember I will ponder. Yeah, you know uh, the right hand of the Lord, the deeds of the Lord, the wonders of the Lord, the work and mighty deeds. It's just he's taking a he's taking an inventory check of what the Lord has done in Israel's past and how He saved them. But also, I'm sure there's some other times that might not be in here where he's thinking about how the Lord has delivered him also in his own life. And I think this is just this is just gold for us mm-hmm. to get our eyes on what the Lord has done in Scripture overall but then also in our own lives, in our own inventory. And again, that, that these statements, again, takes his focus off of himself and he puts it on and turns it on to the, the great salvation moments in, in Israel's history, which yeah. we think would be the Exodus. But I love that phrase, the right hand of the Lord. When you, when you chase it down, it shows up something like 166, 166 times in the Bible and 41 times in the Psalms. So it's, a, it's a massive theme, the yeah. right hand of the Lord. We know it means, it means strength, it means authority, it means power. This is something that, that God is, is moving. When you hear about the right hand of the Lord doing, the next phrase is like he's, he's about to do something. Yeah. Something's about to happen. you know. And for Christians, it's a, it's a good thing. And uh, let me just highlight a couple. I've wrote a couple of these things down. Um, but in Exodus 15, going back to um, the, the Song of Moses, after he's been led through uh, the Red Sea, Israel, it says, Your right hand, O Lord, uh, glory and power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. Psalm 1611, In your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 177, In your right hand there is refuge. Psalm 1835, Your right hand supported me. Psalm 20, verse 6, By your right hand is salvation. Psalm 45, 4, Your right hand teaches your awesome deeds. Psalm 48, your hand is filled with righteousness. Psalm 63, my soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Man. I mean, just boom, 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 boom. Yeah, your right hand, right? Good. Your right hand, um, you know, there's glory and power. Your right hand shatters the enemy. Your right hand is pleasures forever. There's a refuge, it's support, it's salvation. It teaches me, it's righteous, and it upholds me. And so all of a sudden, you can, you can even just talking about that in the way you're like, you, you can feel, I can just feel my soul starting to move from... Mm-hmm. From maybe despair to like hope. Yeah, even right now I can. Oh yeah, yeah. It, get, it gets you fired up. Yeah, you know, it's I mean, this is a great pregame speech, right? You know? <laughs> exactly. It's you fired up, man. The right hand of the Here Lord's with go. me. It's like Nehemiah when it says the hand of the Lord was with him. He went and, t- and asked for like things you don't ask the king for, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. He said, but the, his hand guided yeah. him. So it, off the cuff, can I ask a question or maybe cuff. maybe yes. a? Isn't the right hand too like when a father would bless his firstborn son? Didn't he put his right hand, or or usually his firstborn son? But isn't yeah. there a story where someone was blessing the younger son and he switched his hands and then? Oh man, I don't know. Okay, well we don't have to I go there, but right. yeah. but I think there's a this idea of like even as humans and God's people when they would bless a son and yeah. give him you know their blessing yeah. as we read about in the Old Testament it was usually the right hand, yeah. It's a yeah. place of good. 
Good question. We'll have to find that out. But yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the right hand. I mean, just just that alone, um, you know, turns his mind. And then he just starts to, uh, in the next coming verses, just really, really give us the the, the glory of God in his right hand and what he does. But one one point I think I want to point out here too is that we see Asaph is persevering in prayer. I think prayer is, the, is one, if not the greatest gift that God has given us to fellowship with Him, is, is to pray. Yeah. We, have, we have access to the throne room of grace yeah. because of what Christ has done for us. We have access to the Father. Um, and you see in the beginning, verse 1, He cried out, and it was silent. But He didn't stop. He didn't stop praying. In fact, he's, he even pressed in even that much more. He persevered in prayer. We're reminded of the, pers- uh, the persistent window in prayer in Luke 16. She just yep. kept bothering bothering that judge. And finally, he's like, all right, fine, whatever. But I love what Spurgeon says about perseverance. He says this. He says, by perseverance, the snail reached the ark. <laughs> Isn't that good? <laughs> I love so it, good. man. By perseverance, the snail reached the ark. And it's, yeah. I think it's the same for us. As we persevere and appear, appeal to the right hand of God, you know, it's going to bring us comfort. It will save us. It will, it will, God will take this, this troubling time for us, and He will work it out for our good. Yeah. And we might see it Amen. then, but it might be years as we look back and see it. But it will happen because we're appealing to the right hand of God. And as we just read, all the descriptors of what the right hand of God does is, is there's, there's salvation um, there's righteousness and it upholds us. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I just love this second half, how he turns his eyes and he perseveres in prayer and not on what he can do, but what the Lord can do. And he just rests in that. That's where he, he lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see, you see his heart then start to change. Now, remember he looked at the Lord and he was questioning the Lord. He's like, are you going to spurn forever? Are you going to, did you just leave me forever? Are you ever going to be around your steadfast love? Right. He questions all, mm-hmm. all the promises all gone now. And then you see his heart turn in verses 13, 14, and 15. He sees the Lord now. It's like, oh, the Lord is holy. Mm-hmm. He's a Lord of wonders. He sees the Lord redeems his people. Yeah, what God is great like our yes. God. Yeah. I mean, he just changes his perspective. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I think, man, what a what an incredible progression we have um, that happens in this in this guy's heart. And it can happen in our heart. And, mm-hmm. and who knows how long this is. This could be, you know, you could be wrestling for a couple days. Again, that persevering in prayer and seeing what the Lord has done, it just, it's just going to breathe life into your soul. Mm-hmm. And you know that you're going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, the situation that you're in right now that you find yourself in, the Lord is going to bring you through it. Yeah. And it's going to be for His glory, and it's also going to be for your joy yeah. and your good. Yeah. So, um, so we see this trouble and struggling hits with his faith. He turns his eyes to the Lord. And, and again, we see the Lord then start to rescue and it begins, he starts to rescue him in his heart. I think that's the first progression we see. He doesn't change the circumstances around him because we don't know what the circumstances were. Mm-hmm. But we don't see like he saved them. But what 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 he what the Lord does and what, what the Holy Spirit does through him remembering the goodness of the Lord is he starts to change the guy's heart. Yeah. Inward, he starts to have peace. Yeah. He starts to have that peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm-hmm. And then now, no matter what the world throws at you, you're in the right mindset. Be like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Everything's going to be all right, uh-huh. you know? And I think that's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And for us in the New Testament, as we look back, this is, this is him obviously in the, under the Old Covenant stuff that, that we even see it with even clearer eyes, you know? Uh, he, he's highlighting the exodus here and the, the works that the Lord does, but we have a greater exodus 
uh, in the new covenant with Christ and what he has done with this life, death, and resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so we, can, we, we just have even that much more assurance because the great wonder that we look back on, the great event that we look back on was Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Mm-hmm. That's the greatest event that ever took place. Mm-hmm. Jesus on the cross died for our sins. Three days later was buried, and then he rose again yeah. to show us who he really was. That, that everything he spoke about was true. And it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. And we get to look back on that account. The, you know, the Old Covenant, they were looking forward to their Savior. We look back on his Savior. Mm-hmm. And that cha- that's, that's, that's a game changer. Yeah. I mean, that's a game changer even from Moses and us. Mm-hmm. We see God's love and God's salvation and God's redemptive clearer than Moses. Yeah. That's an amazing thought it, because we see it in Jesus through his word, empowered by his Holy Spirit. And it makes me think of my favorite verse, which I quote all the time, and I'm not ashamed of that, is Romans 8.32. Mm-hmm. He who did not spare his own son, but yes. gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? So we Amen. look back at the cross and That's say, right. if you gave your only son yes. to bring me back into relationship with you, yes. then that can give me confidence going forward in the future, knowing that you're going to give me everything else I need yes. to, to be with you in heaven and in glory. Yes. So it's not a, you know, it's not a prosperity theology thing. Like nope. it, life's going to be easy and comfortable, but you are going to give me the faith that I need and the worship that I need to sustain me through the valleys. Yes. Cause you gave Jesus. Yep. That's, that's one of my all time favorite verses as well, because it, ha- it, it, it has the argument from the greater to the lesser. Mm-hmm. In other words, that the greatest obstacle of us being in a relationship with Jesus was our sin. That's the greatest obstacle. And God demonstrated his own love for us. So while we were sinners, he died for us. Mm-hmm. He, he, he did not spare his own son for us, but he gave him up. Yeah. So the Lord's already, he's already dealt with our greatest obstacle in life. Yeah. Sin, death. He's dealt with that. That's done. We're not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not sinners anymore. We're saints. He's overcome that. And so every other little roadblock, it's easy because he's already, been, he's already dealt with the biggest one. Yep. So that, that's cake to him. You know, that's icing on the cake, baby. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I love that verse, too, because he's already taken care of our greatest need. How much more will he take care of all of our, our other little needs that we need? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So um, this is this is what we want to talk about. Psalm 77. You know, we know when there's some individuals that are listening that might be in the tank right now. And it's like, man, go to Psalm 77. Meditate on this. See this, yeah. um, you know. Don't just dismiss where you are. I mean, obviously, see, it's real. It's painful. But then also really persevere in, pain, uh, in prayer and look to the Lord and see what he does. Yeah, amen. So, I got one more little insight I, th- yeah, I think I, I just had. is So those verses 7, 8, and 9, when he's asking those questions, will yeah. the Lord spurn forever, not be favorable? Has his steadfast love ceased? Are his promises at an end? Has he forgotten to be gracious? Has he in his anger shut up his compassion? If we were just to read, Verses one through nine, we would think, yeah, those are probably genuine questions. Yeah. But then we read the rest of the psalm, yep. and then we could look back at those verses and say, well, maybe those are rhetorical. Maybe, maybe he's saying, you know what? As I've considered what the Lord has done, I don't believe that He'll spurn forever or never again be favorable. Right. And it's just that same idea we've talked about: is He's looked back on what God has done, yep. and now He sees these are. This is a rhetorical question. Mm-hmm. And the the big shift that you said was when he got his eyes on the Lord. That's right. When he was on himself, hey, maybe these are genuine questions. Yep. And then when he looked at the Lord and his works, it's like these are rhetorical. I'm, I trust that God yes. is going to continue to be himself. He's shown us his character. Yep. Yep. And he gets it done every time. Amen. He shows up every time. 
Every time we, we come up to the Red Sea, he shows up yeah. to part that sea so we can move forward. Amen. So that's really good, Aaron. Thank you. This yeah. was this was food for my soul, and I I believe for the listeners as well. Yeah, well, it's good for my so, soul. Yeah, because you know, again, I was here, I was there two weeks ago. <laughs> I was in that man, and, yeah. and Psalm seventy seven. It just again, that's what I love about God's word, man, and that's where we need to go first and foremost uh, through prayer. Uh, after we pray to the Lord, man, it's like get to His word. Yeah, I mean, it truly is the playbook of life, and it it, it will it will answer all the questions that we have mm-hmm. uh, on life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. <laughs> Amen. Amen. There we go. <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, uh, God willing, you'll hear another episode in the following weeks. God bless you guys. Talk to you later.